passed your luck check, it's the No Class Podcast with your internet friends, Eddie and Matt. Yeah, you passed your luck check and you blew it on this. <laughs> this is what you used your luck check for. Burnt your luck and you still regret. So we're back after a slight delay here. Oh yeah, but I think that's primarily because Matt was so busy saving lives. So very busy, and yeah, I was exhausted. But my battery's recharged. I'm ready to go. All right. Well, as we get ready to go, why don't you remind them of the question last week that we asked that we actually got some feedback to. Which was awesome was, um, what do you think would be the appropriate length of time for a session of role-playing games? And we got some good good feedback, didn't we? Yeah, so I'll give you a sampling, a smattering, because otherwise this, this would just take the whole cast. We've got so, so many messages and phone calls, cards, just it would take all day. But no, we really do appreciate the feedback. Yeah. So, uh, one of our new friends, Lou Alou, yeah, from this old dungeon podcast. Mm-hmm. Shout out, check it out. Yeah. Uh, met him at NTRPG. Great guy. He was in one of my games and in one of your games. Mm-hmm. So and yeah, great, and he was a great player. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, you could tell he was an old hand and a very experienced player. Mm-hmm. Most of the stuff, I can't remember if I was describing it in the last podcast, but he was definitely one of the ones that was like, yeah, this. This is what this is going to be. And it's like, you are correct. This is not your first rodeo. Mm-hmm. So his feedback is he was nervous about running three hours thinking that was too short because he's referring to the Cyclops con mm-hmm. when they had those real short slots. Mm-hmm. But he said he ran frozen in time, the MCC adventure finished it each time in time and had good reviews from his players. So that kind of opened up his opinion or mindset on that, that you could do it. But I'll give him credit that he's got enough um, skill in that regard, and enough that he looked at an adventure and probably you know said I, I can I can make this fit in three, you know I mean and trimmed out the fat. Yeah, but he said it also depends on what system you're playing. Some mm-hmm. things are a lot easier. Uh, something like Star Wars D six, Hollow Earth Expeditions, Savage Worlds can play fast and have plot uh, driven adventures that can come out pretty concisely, but D&D, Shadowrun and such have longer play styles. It's, if you're going to be sandboxy, that's a lot harder to curtail. Mm-hmm. So for cons, he's more into the four-hour slot. But for home play, he likes the six hours. Wow. And then we had Robert Vegeta, of course. Mm-hmm. He's always chiming in. We appreciate you very much, sir. Yes, thank you. Uh, honestly, I try and do a lot of the paperwork and bookkeeping over chat before the session. Hit the ground running. Two to three hours, sometimes four with a 15 minute break in the middle but that's if it's weekly session bi-weekly he does once a month or once a month he would put a minimum of three to five hours but again you're talking about the experienced person here so he knows to be flexible cut it a little over and a little under well he's probably again he does this so much and so many different systems and things that like i call putting your you know foot on the the gas, you know, yep. to kind of back off or stomp it down or whatever. You can, an experienced game master uh, can regulate the, the game in that regard. Yeah, and I'll say, and we may have said it, said it last time too, the more that you've run something, the more you know, like, okay, we're at this point, we need to be at that point. So, yeah. And then uh, Durthan's Dice Bags, yeah. we got Andrew Ferguson. He True. says four to six, depending on the group, the last time, uh, depending on when they last played and the story. However, he's done sunrise to sunset games. I remember being a kid. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too, (laughs) back in the day. Which is a great little memory, but a long time ago. 
but on average he does four to six hours. Six is usually his max and definitely not every session. Yeah. So we did get quite a lot of feedback. So if you didn't hear yours, that meant we didn't like it. Try again next time. Do better. Mediocre. But I think we do have a good topic for you today, which we'll get to in a minute, which you'll also be able to chime in on that. Please right do. now, it's time for the Long Con Self-Promotion Spot. The obligatory self-promotion. Dun, 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 dun. Well, Long Con 4, we're moderately excited. No, actually, we're... we're reasonably excited. Reasonably excited. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things that normally we go to NTRPG... Uh, go into that, recharges our battery, uh, uh, stokes the gaming flame in the furnace, and we're on fire when we leave that, the awesome NTRPG. And we immediately are filled with, you know, hubris and, and like, yes, you know, and we go promoting Long Con. But anyway, this year with everything going on, and I'm not going to belabor it, but we all know what I'm talking about. It's it, We've been kind of at cross points where we're like, well, do we promote it or do we not promote it? You know, kind of darn if you do, darn if you don't. You know? But people out there are probably saying the same thing. Do I buy a badge or do I not buy a badge yet? Yeah. And so, I mean, it's one of those things that um, this has been a tough year for gaming conventions. Well, since you mentioned that. And a lot of things. Let's that. briefly talk about Splat Gaming. Yeah, I wanted to mention, I feel terrible that they're um, going out of business. So if you were at the Long Con proper last year, they were the huge setup pretty much right in the center of all that they were great everybody loved that booth and well most everybody and uh, they made their money i think and and, they did fantastic business as well yeah and and had a lot of really neat diverse product and we were so tickled to have them and actually the couple that ran it bo and his wife were super nice people Mm -hmm. we interacted with them quite a bit and they were really nice and so i'm kind of heartbroken for them i don't know what the circumstances are but i have to imagine yeah they're shutting down i don't think we said that yet yeah but they're they're going to business and they actually look for them they're doing a sale right now 30 percent off and they could probably use a buck right now with everything going yeah, on. Yeah, I ordered a bunch of stuff from them, and I got a message I almost immediately after saying yeah. thanks. Oh, yeah. I got, you know, a really quick notification. Mm-hmm. But Bo's a really nice guy. And and hopefully maybe when in a year or two, or hopefully when this stuff turns around, uh, maybe he'll do it again. He'll be able to. Who knows? We'll see. But, yeah, shout out to them. But So our intention is... We will have the long con. We will take all proper precautions Absolutely. that we need at the time. We saw NTRPG do it, so do it, well. it can be done. Mm-hmm. Now that we've had a little time since NTRPG, we can say we came back home safe and healthy. Yeah, we haven't heard anybody that you know came down ill after that. So there, you can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and we we saw a great example of how to do it. So right there. Yeah. Now, and, and I totally understand anyone that's like, well, when the and, and you know, November's a ways off. But if someone, when the time comes, like, I just, I don't want to take that chance. I totally understand that. You don't have to justify yourself. But at the same time, don't castigate someone that decides they want to because with the right precautions. It's a personal decision. Exactly. You know, and to each their own. I'm not going to judge anybody one way or the other. And that's right now, our course. personal decision yeah. is to have the con. Yeah. 
And because we look at what we did last time, the governor said no to this sort of thing. And we said, all right, we're not going to do it then. You know, we're going to follow the rules and regulations. And regardless, you know, we're always going to look out for the safety of, uh, you know, we love the people that come to our con. A lot of them are people we've gamed with a lot. And we've met at other cons. These are our friends. We wouldn't want to endanger people that we, we genuinely like, you know. Anyway, but that's this doesn't even need to be said, you would think. But in this age, I guess we'll say it. Mm-hmm. You know, but all right. So that's kind of where it is. Uh, we've got some cool swag for Long Con, assuming we get to give it out. Yeah, we you know, we love to give stuff away, and uh, we've got some great prizes. And we're at the as of right now, we're at the Hilton Garden Inn, which if anybody was last year was phenomenal, just a great venue. And we've got I think just as much space as we had last time, and that really neat vending area for the vendors that are. And still we will still have vendors. I'm not too worried about that. We've had a lot of people that want to come. Same people, some people that went to NTRPG. So I assume they'll be happy to come out to us too. And we've had a lot of uh, vendor space reserved for them. Oh, yeah. You, you betcha. And, you know, there. this is a, a different era. You know, it definitely is a bit different than last year. But um, I still think the, the, uh, the garden will be accommodating and do everything it can, you know, to... And definitely, I can promise you, they have put so much stuff in place. You know, I have kind of the inside track on stuff because my wife works in the hospitality business. And she said, already, the Hilton Guardian had won awards within the Hilton family for its, like, they were in the top 10. Think how many Hilton Garden, I mean, or Hilton hotels there are in the United States. They were, like, top 10 number of time for uh, cleanliness. Well, now they're doing all this extra stuff. So, I mean, they're super clean, super hygienic. There's those uh, soap, the hand sanitizer dispenser stations every however many feet. You know, they're not doing an open buffet anymore. I mean, because for safety's sake. So, yeah. Well, if you're listening to this relatively close to when we're releasing it, check out Splat Gaming. Yeah. Some great deals. It's 30% off. Yeah. A lot of good stuff you can still find. Absolutely. So, check them out. Yeah. They'll appreciate it. They deserve right. it. Pop culture. Hey. Hey, Sadie, have you been playing anything or reading anything oh, man. or watching anything? Oh, boy. Let's start with some video games. Video games, yeah. Uh, Castlevania is still done. That was probably the last one that we talked about, and I think I was playing Rondo of Blood. Dun, dun, dun. What exactly is a Rondo? You shouldn't have asked me that, because now I'm going to blow it. But I think that's actually get uh, Robert Vegeta to do this one for me. Uh, Pretend that I'm a music expert or something. Uh, A rondo is Italian for round, and it means the music is coming back around again, a musical theme. So if you like, you're going to hear one part of the music, then it's going to change, but then you're going to come back to that original theme. And with a vampire, what they're getting at through this is because through the Castlevania line, the Belmonts are always fighting Dracula. So you can beat him. Something's going to happen, a passage of time, but he's going to come back. He's always going to come back. So that's where the Rondo of Blood thing means to me. They went into Symphony of the Night and Aria of Sorrow, so that's a really common theme for them. Hmm, interesting. Via a Rondo. Hmm. Uh-huh. But it, that is a Japanese Castlevania release. If you play it here in the U.S., you would be playing uh, Dracula X. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. For some reason, they decided to chop it up for the American audiences and make it, I think they even made it more difficult in some of the levels. Hmm. So, yeah, it was very weird. But 
supposedly if you want to play that game, the better version is the Rondo of Blood. Yeah, I, I, through the years, I've no, not that much of a anyway, whatever. That yeah, it's interesting when I've heard there's some games like oh you want the American version or oh you want the Japanese version. I've heard that. But I think last time I was kind of like eh. And uh, now I've actually played it quite a bit more, and I've unlocked the secret character that makes the game just ridiculously easy. Who's the secret character? So it's moved it up, in my opinion, quite a bit. The secret character is Maria. Or as my wife put it, why is Princess Peach in this game? But she's got all the, like, cutesy stuff. She's in the pink dress with the blonde hair, and she uses animals for her attacks. I'm playing a horror game. Exactly. And then she decimates it. The hero running around with a whip has a hard time. The girl throwing out her pigeon familiar mm-hmm. is just tearing through the dungeon. Well, sure. So, it's pretty cool. Her sunlight and her positive energy. A positive attitude exactly. goes so far. So far. Take that, Dracula. And since it's been a little bit since we've played, I've also got Mega Man X done. Oh, wow. Mega Man X is on the Super Nintendo, and then it's on a lot of different collections over the years. So, if you want to play it on PS4, you can. But that one I can't recommend to you highly enough. That game is freaking fantastic. Mm-hmm. A lot of the uh, old, whatever you want to call it, uh, franchise. That's the, the franchise, good word. Yeah. So when you when they brought those franchises over, a lot of them was just like, wow, they kind of hit their spot right there. Like Super Mario World was a great game. And then uh, Super Castlevania is probably one of the best ones. And then Mega Man X. That's mm-hmm. probably one of the best Mega Mans I've ever played. Really super fun, not terribly difficult, which after a bunch of the stuff that I've been playing where you're just beating your head against a wall, mm-hmm. it's it's nice for something to not be terribly difficult for a change. Yeah. And then uh, I w- not too long ago, I was watching your kids play Shovel Knight. Yeah. And you remember what you were telling me about Shovel Knight? Yeah, I was like, wow, it's it's got that, it's like an 8-bit throwback. It's got the look and kind of the feel, but it's a newer game. And so when the kids, I was like, well, isn't that neat that that's, that my kids can get a taste of what we were playing when we were their age. I just thought that was kind of neat. The retro throwback, at least the look of it. And I guess some of the gameplay, I assume, but you could tell me more. So I saw the kids playing it and I said, you know, I'm going to check that out. And I did. And it's very Mega Man-esque. There's eight bosses to defeat before you get to the end boss. So Mm -hmm. there's kind of, and then you get to fight them all again, of course, very Mega Man, very Mm -hmm. Super Mario uh, where the overworld map going from little uh, level to level. Mm-hmm. And then I was trying to think what, it, oh, Castlevania brings a lot of that kind of challenge to it too with the fights. So Shovel Knight was really good, especially for like kids that have never played the retro games or if you haven't played it, a retro game in a while. I was like, I might have enjoyed it more if it had been a while for me, but mm-hmm. I've been deep into the classics right You've now. You've been totally retro. But it's right still, still a great game. So well, that's good. definitely check out. Mega Man X and Shovel Knight, if you can. Mm-hmm. Highly recommended. All right. Books, comic books, etc. You got anything on that? Well, you know, I was lucky to be gifted uh, a copy of uh, The Phylactery. Uh, we didn't talk about that? I think we might have, but just... I've, I've Let's still... talk about it again. Planet X Games. Planet X Games, yeah. A, you know, uh, gifted me after running a game for Levi Combs. Really nice guy and a great gamer. Yeah. And yeah, I've, I've been looking at that and looking at that because I'm on... I'm on this kind of precipice where I'm like, well, I should be using my time more productively during the what's going on. So I'm building towards wanting to do some groundwork towards a campaign. Well, I'm like, well, I don't go, go back to the post-apocalyptic, but I'm kind of got that 
fantasy thing going. How good. So I was, and, and part of that is you can blame the phylactery because there's so much really cool old school crunch fun stuff in that mm-hmm. and he's doing a, a, a second one i think it's on kickstarter so if the second one's even half as good as the first one it's well worth your money so i would encourage you to look for the phylactery i guess two on kickstarter and or if you can get your hands on the first one it's good stuff so that's what i one of the things i've been you know reading because i've been i've drug out my books for fantasy like i've been as usual i've got hubris out and you know and I, really a, a really nice guy you couldn't meet a nicer guy oh, with a Levi. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Levi, super nice guy. Just really. Um, and that's, like I said, uh, uh, Mike Evans is constantly working on something, but his hubris is great, and it's something I kind of go back to if I'm going to do fantasy. So that's kind of, and other than that, as far as reading, oh, I've got the, um, top, but though then what's kind of steering me towards post-apocalyptic is uh, um, Jack Kirby, uh, post-apocalyptic, Commandy. Command oh, right. Yeah, Command that- D, yeah. And it's, he's like the last boy alive. That's it. I was trying to think yeah. of what the tagline was. And I've got the omnibus, hardbound, hardbound book, and I've been devouring that, you know, when I'm not doing this or that or the other. I've been... Is it black and white? No, it's actually in color. Oh, okay. And it's really... I've been really enjoying it. And there's some neat stories in there, so there's some fodder there that I'm like, no, I could use this in the post-apoc, though. Oh, so, okay. You know. And then when I'm not reading that stuff as far as video games as you know I've been playing For Honor you know never heard of it yeah funny but um I I have a lot of fun with it but it's interesting is even the other day Steph was on the couch and I'm firing it up and she says hey I like how your your knight has your colors and your insignia she recognized it because I used to be in the SCA and I had my heraldry my blazon and you can recreate you can make your own heraldry you're blazing is kind of a neat aspect of the game and i've been having a lot of fun with that yeah and we've been playing that some we're trying to get those other two reprobates to play slackers but, but no playing it's fun by yourself because it's one of those games you can it's jump not fun in there. with a friend yeah well, i was gonna say you can play a couple matches you know i mean you're, it's not like a time sink like when i was playing fo76 there's no plot yeah, you're going to be playing a while. But, yeah, I mean, you just jump on, play a couple matches, and get off. Or even if you're like, well, the, play a few sieges, play a couple four versus four, you know, do some, uh, you know, doubles matches, you know, against the AI or other players, and then get off, you know. But the couple of times we played together, it's great when, like, you cover base A, mm-hmm. I'll cover base B. Oh, look like base C is in trouble, you know, and like, well, you want to break off and go help him or me, you know, or, oh, shoot, I got two guys on me. Come help, Eddie. He's there just as I'm going, yeah. Or how about a res? Yeah. You, you know, but no, I mean, we had a lot of fun playing that multiplayer. Anyway, so. Yeah, so I highly recommend that one to you, too. It's a sometimes game, like, I was playing all these other retro games, but it'd be mm-hmm. like, I'm going to get on For Honor, and I'm like, all right, I'll join you. Yeah, and play a couple matches. Yep. It's fun, and then, you know, going about your business. So that's comics, video games, and then as no, far as... No, it's not mm-hmm. comics. Oh. I've got, a, I've got a list for you. I've been on a tear. Oh, wow. Go ahead. So uh, you may have heard of Robert Kirkman. Mm. I think I did The Walking Dead. Yep. He also did Invincible. Oh, yeah. Have you heard of that one? Oh, I, absolutely. Okay. I read the entire 15-year run. Wow. Which is about 150 comics. And if you don't know anything about it, Invincible is basically Superman, mm-hmm. an alien from another planet who's just strong as strong. He's almost the unbeatable, unbeatable hero. 
Mm-hmm. But I highly recommend that one to you. The whole run was good. Mm-hmm. And it, if you're a Superman fan or you're one of those people that's like, how can you do Superman? Because he just can't be challenged. Yeah. He gets challenged. This is how you do it. He, I think this one, you could have written it as a kind of sort of written it as a Superman comic. Even a lot of the plot lines you could transfer over mm-hmm. and really well done. Cool. So, well, we know Kirkman's talented. This one you might like even better. Birthright. A child is swept into a fantasy world and is the chosen one. Mm-hmm. So you've heard that one. That's the original. Well, what if he fails his quest and became a minion of the evil overlord? Oh, wow. Then he gets sent back to Earth to try and help, you know, the guy conquer the Earth. Oh, wow. That all happens in the first issue. Good Lord. <laughs> so, and that one has probably been going for about five years, uh-huh. and it's just about done. There's probably like two episodes or two oh. issues left in the whole run. Now, now, who wrote that one? Just curious. I couldn't tell you off the bat. It's not somebody that's famous, but it does that. fall under uh, Robert Kirkman's Skybound comics. Oh, his, he has his own label. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, well... With all the money he's making, oh, definitely. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think Skybound is tied into Image. Oh, okay. So they're like a subdivision of Image. Okay. Yeah. So that one was really good. I highly recommend that one to you. But like I said, they're almost done. They would have been done by now. But of course, the issues with the world, the way they are right now, mm-hmm. that's put a hold on it. So a lot of people are out there waiting for these last few issues. They're theming for So they're oh, really wow. cool. So check that's that one cool. out. All right, here's yet one more. Sure. Because I had a little bit more time between casts. Yeah. The Preacher. Oh, that's a classic. Have you read it? Okay, so the, let me Have go, you read some of it? Let me go off on a tangent. Yeah. Okay. So here it was, the early 90s. I had been working as an LPN, and uh, I had gotten um, laid off. And so I was malingering around this game store slash comic store slash sporting uh, sport cards, baseball card store a lot. And the guy was like, hey... You know, you're looking for work or something. I could use another hand. I'll pay you like in like store product or something. And I'm like, eh, why not? You know, whatever. So during that time I worked there, there was a guy named Mike Champion that was a real hipster. And he's the one that steered. He controlled the comics part of the store. And like eventually I controlled the role playing game part. But Mike was into all these indie comics and all this kind of wild stuff. And yeah, Preacher was one that he said, hey, you need to read this. And yeah, I read some of Preacher, and it was some wild, far out stuff, you know. But yeah, no, absolutely, yeah, I read those. At all least, of them? No, Did not you read all the whole run? I read like You've the, read some? Yeah, I read you know, quite a bit, you know, early on. Well, as you know, as the listeners may not, yeah. I'm that person that if I start it, He's I'm going to finish it. Yeah. yeah. No matter how bad it can get towards the end, because there's a lot of times of that, I'm... I'm one of the people that almost, almost finished Dexter. Oh, wow. As bad as that got. I have never watched the last episode. That's just my flat out. Wow. And I'm one of those people that I've got to finish everything. I'm oh, like, yeah. I'm not watching that last episode just because it went that far in the toilet. Wow. So I've got to read kind of these whole runs if I get into them. Mm-hmm. So Preacher, really good. Yeah. And this is not like the deep cuts. Let me tell you about this right, thing that right. I But that's sort of the thing is like. But would you recommend it? Yeah, yeah, I definitely recommend it. I recommend all all three of those. And, and that guy's Ennis, isn't that the yeah Garth Ennis? Ennis, yeah. Which also he does the boys. Oh yeah. But so far, I've liked the TV show better. Yeah. Yeah, it's just my humble opinion. The one thing I'll say about uh, Ennis's writing is that there's always somebody's got to have a, a freaky deaky like dark little secret. Like, well, yes, he's a cop, but in his off time, he likes to go out and hang out with the sheep. Yeah. 
there's always something like that, which He's it can be a little bit overdone. Like, yeah, it can be a little bit overdone for yeah. me. But overall, I liked The Preacher. That one's super hyped up, though. So it's like, does it live up to the hype? Yeah. I don't know about that, well, but I, I did like it. If you look at when it was written, yeah. oh my gosh, it was so controversial. It, like, it might have started off in like 95. Yeah, it's like around then, because I worked at that comic store, and it seemed like it came out around that time, like 94, 95 was when I comic gaming sports card store yeah but yeah that's around the time i remember and boy i remember reading that i mean I, i'm a simple boy from the country and i'm like oh, this is kind of naughty or whatever i mean just reading it, i was like oh my you know this is racy i mean nowadays people be like me but back then even then i was like this is some racy stuff in here you know but i'm trying to read some of the i don't know what you would call it the classics or the most highly recommended stuff sure, yeah. just because it's like oh you read comics but you haven't read right this and that and it's like yeah you should probably read those just so you have an idea of what's going on. Well, that's like, you know, the Watchmen. I can remember Gary turning me on to them and reading that long before I'd seen the movie, you know? Yeah, I definitely, if I had to say, like, who's my favorite author, I'd go with Alan Moore. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of like, and my favorite band is Led Zeppelin. Ooh, boy, yeah. you're really digging in deep. Yeah, but I mean, it, you know, like what you like. But some of Alan Moore's stuff, like The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, mm-hmm. how that finished off, I wasn't a big fan. Yeah. The Tom Strong stuff, eh, it's kind of mixed on that, so. And Moore has some great ideas, but maybe sometimes the execution, you know, it, that would be almost, yeah, I don't know. Okay, uh, speaking of The Boys, mm-hmm. they're coming back season two mm-hmm. in September. Mm-hmm. And another show of ours that is completely not related is F is for Family. Mm-hmm. And that one's back. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed the poop out of that. Well, Frank Murphy is not a good guy, but <laughs> still, he's, you know, it's, it's a riot. That whole, yeah, I love that. F is for Family. Because for me, I grew up. You know, in the in the in the in the seventies and in eighties or whatever. But I mean, some of the stuff in the first season that Billy does, like put the magnet on the TV, I did that. Mm-hmm. Set the woods on fire, I did that. I mean, I was that kid. So it's really like for me, I'm like, damn, did they like you know tap into my childhood for this? You know? So, yeah, uh, and then it wasn't going to be a timeout. You were no. like, I will be murdered for this. Yeah. They will never find my body. Right, right. I'm going to get the crap beat out of me with a belt, you know. <laughs> and oh yeah, I mean it was, and then still be you know shunned and you know for weeks or something. But anyway, but it was a it was a different time. But like the awful haircuts and styles, I'm like, yep, I remember that, you know. So anyway, for so beyond being a really funny show, it's a real interesting. I don't know if the word touchstone, but I mean for the '70s mm-hmm. and. You know, I'm like, oh, wow, the the nostalgia trip part of it for me, too. But anyway. And I guess if you're too young for it, you can see what people had to go through back in the day. Oh, yeah. Oh, and that's like me. I love that they, they make, that it's like, especially with what's going on right now. Yeah, yeah I don't want to. But I love that they, that they show for people that don't get it, that how people of color were treated then and what they dealt with. Because, yeah, I mean, it was like that. And, I mean, and you can see how much better it is now and how much progress we've made. Not to say that we don't need to make more. I don't get into that. But I'm just saying that part of the show is really interesting in that it can subtly educate people with humor about, you know, how things have improved and changed and whatever. Um, and then as far as other media, or do you? We're, our topic for today is going to be uh, what if Appendix N was movies what if there's an appendix m oh well, so we're going to talk about movies in a bit was there something yeah. else you wanted well, to get out say, as far as media and whatnot was on a goof i've uh you know decided to watch some old 
sci-fi fantasy stuff that like it's kind of out there in the nerd culture and you'd figure i'm old enough i probably should have seen these even though i mean these were done like when i was you know what a swaddled babe but like i've heard people always talk about zardoz 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 have you heard anybody say anything good about it no okay then but i thought form your own i was i told you form your own opinion you know so i watched it from end to end and kind of towards the end I think I had a little liquor on board so I could keep focus. there you go but I love Steph it passed through and was like what is this and she plopped down and she was laughing until she was crying because it's so awful it's terrible and what blew my mind was the guy who did that Borman going on to do Excalibur which I love and I'll get into that later but I'm almost astonished they let him ever make another movie after Sawdust God it was awful you know and then in the, in the same vein of awful sci-fi you know movies I followed up with The Omega Man with Charlton Heston. And ooh, the, the writing was bad. The acting was bad. Which is one bad. of those so bad. The costumes were good. bad. I mean, there's so many inconsistencies that you have to really throw reality out the window because, wait a minute, vehicles are still running after three years. The gas wouldn't be any good. Or oh, what, the lights are still Why are some of the traffic lights still on? You know what I mean? You well, know, yeah. As I said to you earlier when we were talking about it, my favorite line from the movie is, <laughs> Hitch up your panties, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely oh, some, yeah that one's worth watching because i if they haven't done one the guys from um your favorite mst3k show, yeah or what is there now they do riff, riff tracks. tracks if they haven't done one of omega man they should because that's one that uh, I, I was rolling it's live. very troy mcclure you may yeah. remember me from such films as yeah but that's the cool like it's Charleston Heston, baby, but it's the 70s and I'm hip and cool. Yeah, kids, you know. I'm going to walk around without my shirt on. You're about 15 years too late for that, Chuck. You know, there was a time when that you could sell that, but put your shirt back on. It was pretty bad. He had a total dad bod, you know. You know. Um, but it, that's what I'm saying is the difference is like Zardoz was so bad, it was awful bad, bad. Oh, my God, it's so bad. Not so bad, it's good. No, it's just, just bad, bad. bad. But then, like Omega Man's so bad that it's it's good. It's it, you can kind of you can laugh at it and yeah. I mean, like we're saying, I would actually recommend that just so you could. Against, it's not good. Yeah, but you will get laughs. You get some, laughs you get some mileage out of, out of it. And there's some cool action scenes, but it's like the stunt double like looks nothing like Charlton Heston, and I mean stuff like that. The in, in, inconsistencies. This was some of the worst filmmaking ever. You know. Anyway, but yeah. So that's what have I been up to? What have I been doing? All right. That's how we've been entertaining ourselves. Yeah. When we had a chance. All right. So, like I said, the topic is, topic is uh, we were shooting, throwing out all these podcast topics. Yeah. And I said, uh, what if Appendix N, which is one of the references, uh, it's kind of like the recommended reading for GMs. Yeah. Yeah. In the back if of the don't old know what it is. original Dungeon Master's Guide, Gary Gygax had put in the Appendix N part a recommendation of all these books that had been out at that time. And, you know, pulps and things that were sci-fi, fantasy. So one of the questions that I had was, well, what would you update it with? What modern books would, like, what would Gary Gygax have put on here if it was the year 2020 instead? Yeah. What would have made it? What would made the cut? And they actually did, in I think third or fifth edition, they had a page that had some recommendations on books and movies and things. Because you figure, like, what movies would you have recommended back then? But gosh, look how much... uh, uh, not you know fantasy i mean sci-fi movies sure there was like aliens or something um i'm trying to think of you know the forbidden planet or something but nowadays think how many cool science fiction fantasy movies have come out particularly fantasy that wasn't a a genre really until 
Yeah, I don't know, the 80s or something. Yeah. yeah. So, kind of a top 10 list for you of movies that we think would inspire you in your fantasy setting or whatever game setting you're going to do. Well, one kind of aside. Like, if Uh-oh. I was going to recommend a book for my own appendix in or books, mm-hmm. I'll just say um, I've always been fin- fond of Don't Dave- ruin that future topic. Uh, well, no, I'm just going to say I've been very fond of David Gimmel, you know. And um, if you you know ever get a chance, I love all of his stuff, but like Legend, Waylander, the Regante series, those are all... Like for me personally, and that stuff is is you know uh, great reading, and I think any gamer would probably enjoy it. But anyway, enough about books. But I'm just saying, if I picked a book, but we're talking about movies today. Yep. So today is your movies list, and if I get really motivated, I'll see if I can find where these are streaming mm-hmm. and put them on the uh, visual reference group. Cool. So you guys will have somewhere to go to. And if you anything sound interesting to you, if they're streaming for free, I'll try and figure out where they're at and then link it so you can check that out. So thoughtful. in no particular order, right? Oh, yeah. No, none. No order to this at all. And are we, are we go without, one for one or we, yeah, yeah. without really any rules of what this is, let's start it out in some movies that would help you kind of develop your world or give you some ideas to steal from or just get those fluids you know juices yeah. going or inspiration whatever. yeah inspirado so like we'd already mentioned it so i'll mention excalibur so this was john borman's version of uh la morte de arthur you know the the famous you know story of arthur and excalibur and sir lancelot um and it uh it's just the visuals are really uh, neat and uh there's some good acting in there and it's and it's just a lot it's a fun movie um, and you know, it's kind of infamous cause there's like one scene where a guy, they, and a gal make love while he's wearing full plate mail. But anyway, um, yeah, I really, I remember enjoying it in my youth and I've owned like a VC or a VHS copy and I've owned the, uh, what is it nowadays? DVD and then the Blu-ray or whatever. So I mean, yeah, that's definitely part of my collection in every couple of years i'll i'll brush it off and and go watch it's just a yeah i like it i appreciate it all right yeah right off the bat i'm gonna go probably something unexpected to the listener for their dun, preconceived dun, dun. notions but probably not much of a surprise to you okay. vampire hunter d there you go. gotta have sure. a vampire hunter d baby yeah so that wasn't a series it was just an act, a freestanding movie it is based off of a series of novels Okay. So if we had done, what books would you put in? Uh-huh. I would put that in too. Sure. Uh, written by, and I'll butcher the name, Hideyuki Kichuchi. So this actually was a series of novels. Mm-hmm. I've got, I don't know, at least 10 of them. And I want to say oh, there's wow. like 25. In the original Japanese, right? In the original Japanese, of course. Yeah. That's how I knew how to pronounce his name. <laughs> but that was the first anime that I ever saw, I think. Oh, wow. So that really blew my little mind back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I think we don't take another enough inspiration. This is where it's like, oh, you, there's so much inspiration from different cultures that we can get mm-hmm. where it's like, since D&D has taken so much of the European culture, mm-hmm. oh, it's yeah. like, here's a troll. Yeah, you know what that is. But if you bring in some Japanese water demon or something like that, I, I people are like, shit, I don't know how that works. Yeah. So you can surprise people with that. And that one's also set in the future. So oh, it can wow. be a 
post-APOC thing. Yeah, which I love when people do that. So I'm, I'm talking about inspiration. Perfect example with you talking Vampire Hunter D. I think you put something in an adventure and you it really you were tickled when someone goes, hey, that's like Vampire Hunter D. And you were like, yep, you, you caught me. You know, that's kind of where you tuck that, you pulled that, plucked that idea from. Or am I mis- misremembering? Well, kind of, sort of. Because what I had was a parasite mm-hmm. that would in, would infect your body or whatever, but it would give you all these cool powers. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, Vampire Hunter D does that, but Spider-Man does that with Venom. Yeah. Then there was another Japanese uh, series called Parasite, Mm-hmm. Where there was something exactly like that, mm-hmm. so I mean, it's been done so many times, and after it's been done so many times, I feel like it's free to steal. And I'd get a, a kick when people would go, "Oh, hey, that's the Lochnar from Heavy Metal." I'd flip them a luck token, like, "Yeah, you, 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 you validated my use of that, that thing I stole from pop culture." There you go. Well, there's you know. ones where you're like, "Yeah, that's one specific instance." Mm-hmm. Where it's like, yeah, this is direct, directly inspired by that. But that one was kind of a combination of a lot of different oh, things. Sure. But definitely Vampire Hunter D. And I think that was the first place I ever saw it. Yeah. yeah and like you said, you'll try to figure out where people can get their hands on this stuff. Yeah. yeah. That one you can't find streaming online. So I know that one's easy enough already. Wow. Except on Cause, YouTube. Because that's one of those things that I, I think I've had the opportunity but never watched it. I think I'd like to. You know, I won't even say it's a great movie. Huh. And we may say that about some of these others. I don't know if you will or not, but these don't necessarily have to be like my favorite movie. You know, I have things that don't hold up well that I saw them in my youth and thought, this is amazing at the time. Look what was available. Well, looking back now, maybe through the the lens of nostalgia and you go, oh, but I've, yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. But definitely for me, Vampire Hunter D, that gets a lot of the juices flowing. I borrow quite a lot of that for my post-apoc world. But, But I mean, you could go, it's... Swords and sorcery. Yeah, so is Thundar. That's where you put all that stuff in the blender and you come out with something really cool. Yeah, because there's magic and sci-fi. So for me, I just, like I said, no particular order. Second, Clash of the Titans. And I'm talking about not the one that was done, what, geez, even now, 10 years ago, but back in the 80s, um, it's got the Ray Harryhausen claymation, you know. And really, I mean, all of the Harryhausen movies were a big inspiration for me as a kid because I can remember they had a thing called the big big movie or whatever and it was like on saturday night really late so on my list i went ahead and put your big favorite jason and the argonauts because you're heading there aren't you well no but i mean i might mention them but yeah i mean the scene with the skeletons i don't know if anybody that's a kid didn't see that and go you know and i mean you look at them now and people go you know the claymation skeletons but at that time as a kid even when that movie would have been shoot 20 30 years old then oh yeah yeah i was like oh dude you know i mean but yeah but definitely the clash of the titans that still had the claymation in it and that's probably the last movie i think that had the harryhausen claymation but i remember as a kid um watching that on cable like a million times and when vhs became a thing i owned it on vhs and i have the dvd now so yeah that's definitely one that you know, really kind of all the Harryhausen movies, but definitely Clash of the Titans is one that uh, it's, it's got the hero and the, the princess and the, the bad guy, the villain and giant scorpions and blah, blah. I mean, it's just, you know, for a kid of my age that was just learning about D and D it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, so, oh yeah. Man. Yeah. So I, 
in that category, I took Jason and the Argonauts just so it would get a mention because I'll put this in here. I've seen Matt's list, but Matt hasn't seen my list. Ooh, typical, sneaky, sneaky. Typical. But, but yeah, I mean, you got like even talking about Jason and the Argonauts, um, I mean, yeah, the like I said, the, the scene with the skeletons, but there's uh-huh. so much. There's a hydra in that. I mean, mm-hmm. and, that, and that's a great old uh, Greek, you know, mythology yeah you know mythology or in this case anyway yeah great story no and honestly a lot of those old harry housings i own a collection of all of them and they're great but that's one of the real standout ones so good good pick eddie well thank you and that means it's back to you oh you rascal all right so this one it's like yeah if you didn't see it's coming a mile away conan the barbarian now conan the destroyer man you know that one was kind of campy but i enjoyed it too but conan the barbarian Wow, I mean, you know, really, if you think about it, and please reach out and correct me, what had been done like that before it? And how much did it inspire in its wake? Exactly. You know, it's weird. I don't know that it did terribly well at the box office, but, yeah, man, Conan the Barbarian. Must have done good enough to get a second one, though. Well, exactly, yeah, which was, oof, you know, but, yeah, man. So definitely Conan, which that's Arnold Schwarzenegger. That really kind of helped put his, you know, name on the map, you know. Um and I, he was, it was a good fit for him. You know, I love the whole cast, you know. Which he kind of got to do it yet again with Red Sonja. Yep, 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 yep. He was in, in that. Because, um, you know, that even in Conan, it had um, the guy who just passed away not too long ago, um, great actor. Um, he was the king. Outrageous, you mm-hmm. know. Um, Max von Sydow. Yeah, I mean, he what a great little uh, cameo for him in that or whatever. And is that king, like, you know, a father's love for his daughter, you know. You know, yeah, yeah, two snakes like this, this you know, I mean. That's my well-quoted line, I think. Yeah, oh, yeah, good <laughs> Lord, yeah. But anyway, oh, but that's, you know. And uh, uh, the guy that played uh, the, the, the Asian wizard, um, which was the actual actor, I mean, his voice is so awesome because he did um, – Oh, he was in Samurai Jack. He did the voice for the the big bad. But I mean, Mako. Yeah, he had such a great. So there's a lot of neat stuff in that. A lot of neat people, great actors, and you know. Yeah, and talking about that is another way to play a spellcaster. Oh yeah. Because Conan didn't have like here's a fireball. It yeah. was more like I can keep this door shut, or I can battle these demons for you, or yeah, blah blah blah. Unseen. Well, that's what I love is when I talked about DCC and people, and I talk about you can have spell duels. And people are like, what? Like, do you remember the scene in Conan the Destroyer where Mako's standing there and he's he's trembling and shaking and he's got his hands clenched a certain way and the other guy's got his fingers sticking out or whatever and steam shoots out of his ears? Those guys were having an unseen, but often the, the phlogistine, the aether or whatever, they're having this incredible duel with incredible energies flying around that no one saw. And by the time at the end of it, the one guy goes, yeah, he screams and falls over. But Mako nearly collapses from exhaustion and Conan has to catch him. Boom, there's your spell duel. And you're like, oh, yeah, you know. And so what other system has spell duels? I mean, that's kind of cool. But that's that's an aside. But, yeah. All right. Well, again, there was a lot of movies that we both would have picked. That's oh, yeah. why I know what Matt's picks are. So it helped him not so to So I didn't pick those exact duplicate. same ones because yeah. I definitely would be picking Conia. And he doesn't know what's on my list. Or he would have definitely picked this one, mm-hmm. Mad Max. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that was my favorite for years, man. And I picked two the road warrior oh yeah 
Was that the one you would have taken? Oh, yeah. No, that I wore out a VHS copy of The Road Warrior. I used to watch that and watch it and watch it and watch it. I love The Road Warrior. I don't know why. I made my mother take me to see that as a kid. You have to think how old I'd have been when that came out. 35. My, my mother came over, a true story, and said, we need to go. This is awful. And as a kid, I, and I wasn't never really the kind of kid to talk back to my mom. No. I'm like, no. And my mom goes, I'll be in the car. And I went, okay. Bye. Yeah, and I sat there <laughs> watching every gory you know occasional boob flash you know wild bit of it and as a kid it just like ah, I thought that was just the most amazing thing so you're trying to say your mom walked away just walked away <laughs> <laughs> and left me in the theater because I was not just walk away yeah I'm just like oh I was oh yeah man I can't yeah I can't believe I'm kind of astonished because I mean there was a time where yeah, I mean, I could literally, I'm not joking, I wore out a VHS tape of the road where I've watched it so many times. Yeah, wow. But yeah, good pick, man. But pick. because I knew what he had and he had picked so many of the classic 80s well, adventures. We, we could only pick 10, you know. Exactly. So that made it tough. Cause so I, that's where I tried to come in with my list and yeah. catch these other well, ones. Excellent choice, sir. Because, you know, I love all things post-apocalyptic and I'm going to point the finger at Road Warrior, probably why. Yep. I actually saw Mad Max on USA Network years later because I was way too young and no one's going to take me to Mad Max. But, but Road Warrior, yeah, I saw that in the theater as a, <laughs> a wee lad of, what was it, 10 or 12 or something. And if you guys haven't checked out Fury Road yet, oh man, Fury Road's fantastic. We were on the edge of our seat. We went to see that. I remember, like, you're just holding your breath. From the very start. From the, it just never lets up. I remember, God, when we left the theater, I couldn't help myself. I was speeding just because I was feeling the... The Fury Road, and you were like, dude, you, you need to. <laughs> so I could have put Fury Road on here, but yeah. that might be a little too sacrilegious. But yeah. if we do this next round, you never yeah, know. This was only our first 10, so yeah. So, but all wow. right, back to you. Okay, Highlander. Oh, I almost took that one. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, these are so iconic, but it's like Highlander, honestly, like Christopher Lambert is, no offense, just <laughs> not the best actor ever. The guy you know, didn't sound the least what? bit Scottish. You know, the best Raiden ever. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. But yeah, but um, but that you know, but who's the guy that played the Kurgan? I can't think of his name. No, um, Clancy Brown. Yeah, yeah, and but he was the, uh, the he's the Kurgan, you know, and uh, just the theme of the movie, the whole story of it is was just and Queen. You say what you will, but here we, we are, are, born to be kings. kings. I mean, We're yeah. the princes of the, the universe. universe. I mean, see, I can remember that. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And um, it's sad you can't find their, his version of New York, New York that's in that anywhere. It's sad. But that's, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, Highlander, the, and, the original and only the original. <laughs> so, I don't know if I've told you this story, but talking about, you know, getting your inspiration from a movie. Yeah. Back in the day when we played Vampire the Masquerade, uh-huh. I had one character that was a Machiavellian, which uh-huh. is the insane vampires. Uh-huh. So his backstory was that the person that created him and turned him into a vampire uh-huh. showed him the movie The Highlander and told him that was all true. It was just about <laughs> vampires. <laughs> so he was out there just completely crazy thinking that there's going to be like, the quickening or whatever. Be one, you know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That was that was a lot of fun. That's hilarious. Well, that seemed like it should have been my pick, but now that brings it back to me. It sounds like it. I need to break these up a little bit, but do I go for the big gun right now? I, I don't know. I'll go with the thing. 
Oh, see, you got me there too. Because man, as far as sci-fi movies, yeah, I'm going to be lighting you up on my list in oh, case man. you don't know. Yeah, yeah, I knew you were like, oh, I'm going to get you on this because yeah, this is stuff that I totally would have picked if I had had more than ten choices. The thing to me as a kid, again, watching it as a kid, like on cable, it scared the crap out of me. And I love Kurt Russell, I always have. But there's Definitely. a lot of other great. There's a uh, old. Um, Diabetes. He that was one of his first movies. Old uh, Ed Brimley is in that, and um, Brian Keith is that his name? He was great. The guy right. at the end that they're like, all right, well, if one of us is it, we're just. You know, I mean, no, nah, man, and that is such a great because it's not just horror, but it's the whole. I've wanted to run an adventure off that for so long, and have one of the characters start off as the infected. Yeah, be like, you're it. And I'll see if you can get everybody else infected. That's how you're going to win the game. But you got to be sly about it. And then, you know, they came up with a board game of it. And mm-hmm. I, we were champing at the bit to run it for a while. But right now, forget find time to play a board game. We can't even find time to play a, a role-playing game with <clears throat> everything going on. But I read a really good story, too, where it was from the thing's point of view. Oh, wow. And it was as it was taking them over, and it's like, I don't get why they don't want to be a part of me. Yeah. Because just, like, from its alien mindset... Everybody should want to join in and be part of the collective. Yeah, the board. So, or yeah, wow. really good, really e- good movie. Excellent choice. You know, it's funny. That's one that did total crap at the box office. Mm-hmm. But if you ask anybody, you know, now, oh, it's a classic. It's a science fiction classic. It's a horror classic. You know, and and it's totally been uh, exonerated from. The and they don't spell it out for you at the end either. So mm-hmm. was Kurt Russell's character? Yeah. And, one and, of them, but that's that's the best kind of movies where it's not just ham fisted. No, it's obvious. Or we're going to give you the happy ending. I mean, no. Because when uh, the last two of them are there drinking, yeah, he gives them that knowing smile. Yeah, and you're like, oh mm. man, yeah, no, excellent choice, sir. Excellent choice. All right, what do you got? Beastmaster. Again, not the finest bit of cinema ever. But, you know, for when it came out, the age I was and what was really available as far as like fantasy movies or something. No, it was great. I feel bad I can't think of the guy's name now. Mark Singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, boom. I can think of it. See? Oh, the old noggin's working. But uh, Mark Singer was great in that. Um, Rip Torn, who's a Texan, was in that as the bad guy, which was kind of hilarious. But it was a little campy. But, you know, and there's the, the ferrets, what... Oh, Kodo and Podo. I can't believe I'm conjuring these. <laughs> yeah. I didn't do my research as far as for this, but I'm just riffing from memory. But they were little comedy relief, you know, the two ferrets. Of course, sadly, this had like a second or a third, which I easily forgot, maybe not even watch. But the first one, it, it, it's a good one. And it's even given me ideas like, you know, the part where they were pouring the weird green liquid into the helmet and the guys are like, and it drives them all insane and crazy. I've used that premise before in games where like, you know, there are these warriors that feel no pain have no fear because they've been you know corrupted by the magic juju juice or and the really cool eyeball ring oh yeah and oh yeah and it's what's wild is uh the dad from uh good times was in that and he was great i remember i always liked him on good times and he was great as the wise and mentor or whatever in that i can't sad feel bad i can't remember his name but he was great you know that's that's a fun if you've never seen it and i'm sure you have but if not check it out it's actually it's kind of a fun movie all right, I'm going to take one that has to make every 80s adventure list, and I don't think you had it on yours, so I was quick to put this one in. Yeah. Never-ending story. Oh, yeah. Which I read the book by the German author long before it was made into a movie. Do you mean you're still reading it? Ha-ha. <laughs> Whatever. But no, and you know, 
again, you know, the movie's never as good as the book. Yeah. You know? Which I, I don't think that is, maybe that's the blasphemy to say, is I don't think it's the greatest of the greats, but it's a very yeah. inspirational movie. Oh, absolutely. It's got some great tropes in there, and, you know, you know the little pudgy, bashful kid who's being bullied, you know, ends up being the hero of the story, and blah, blah, blah. And Just I mean, like real life. And what little kid who saw it as a kid didn't, like, cry when, um, Artax, you know, you hear the stories about people like, I'm still need therapy over Artax drowning in the swamp of no hope or whatever, you know. And here there's a band. And who doesn't called, want a luck dragon? Yeah. And there's a band actually called Atreyu. I mean, so has it affected the culture? Well, you know. Anyway, no, that's a good that's a good pick. All right. You all right. Heavy metal. Oh. Yeah. You changed your list up a little. I did. Ha ha. How you like me now? But anyway, but no, I remember again, here I was a little kid out in the country. We'd barely gotten cable and sneaking and staying up late on a summer night and watching this cartoon that a child of my age should not be watching. Definitely. And it just blew my mind. And not just because of all the boobies. You know? I remember my mom asking me if I wanted to go to the theater and see that. Because it's a cartoon. Yeah. I was so, so very young. Yeah, yeah, no. So you can figure I wouldn't. I'm not that much older than you. So <laughs> I was I was sneaking at night to watch it on cable because I knew if my parents were like, oh, look at all those you know cartoon boobies, you know, turn that off. But yeah, I watched that and watched, and I got to where I found the little. These had the little pamphlet uh, cable guide, you know, for like oh, HBO. Yeah. And I remember like highlighting like every other time it was going to be on at like 2 a.m., 3 a.m., midnight on different nights, and sneaking and watching it again and again and again, you know, and. Oh, there's something there's cool stuff there, and there's sci-fi, fantasy, and there's like great music, great oh, phenomenal music. I this the soon as I had a, a car with a cassette player, I had that soundtrack. I used to play. I wore out that cassette of the heavy metal sound. It's wild. Was the soundtrack was available like almost immediately, but they couldn't put the movie out because the rights were so tangled up and yeah. weird that it was a long time before. Um, you could own it on like, like I don't think I was ever able, I never had it on VHS, I don't think, because I wanted, unless I'm misremembering, but there was a whole, it's a whole thing there about the There's rights so to many that. owners, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know, it was weird. But one of the things I have lifted from that kind of is that the sum of all evil and just having that overall evil force that's out there uh-huh. and keeping green as one of the colors of evil. Mm-hmm. That 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 sickly green mm-hmm. glow, but that's like yeah. In uh, which uh, the adventure that Lu Alu played in at the end the arena, there's all these weird things around the room, and some are obvious weapons, but some like there's just a weird green sphere on a pillow over here. Well, yeah, that's someone's picked it up, and they're and they're like, this is they're the Lotnar, and I'm like, thank you for validating my use of pop culture, but yeah, the Lotnar mind blast your enemies or something. So, oh, absolutely, yeah, that's been. And like uh, Tarna at the end, you know, I did a whole kind of weird post-APOC sci-fi world that was kind of based off of the whole thing with Tarna, you know, and yeah. You know. No, that that's definitely a, yeah. All right, since you've changed your list, I'm going to go ahead and jump up on you. Okay. And smack you down before <laughs> you put this one out. Big trouble in Little China. Oh, yeah. Excellent choice again. You know what Jack Burton always says? Are like, indeed. <laughs> that is when we should have had Gary oh, yeah. come on the podcast. Gary loves Big Trouble in Little China, and he can quote you every bit of it. I feel good, you know. <laughs> but no, that's, that one is, yeah. And again, that's the same guy who did um, 
uh, the thing, you know, whereas the thing is very a serious tone. There's a very, you know, tongue in cheek comic, you know, I mean, uh, Kurt Russell doesn't take himself too seriously in that. And, um, Oh, that's a great one. Be yeah. trouble. That's, that's another classic for you. And it's something yeah. modern. If you're not doing the fantasy setting that you can yeah. use too. Yeah. You can always transfer these ideas over back and forth, but. And, and one thing where you totally, I ran, tried to run a campaign one time in Feng Shui, Feng Shui, whatever, which was a game system where you're like modern day people fighting these forces or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's a perfect fit for Big Trouble in Little China. You know, it's because the characters use you that every man, average Joe kind of hero, like Jack Burns, just some truck diver who's, you know, thrust, thrust into, into greatness. Yeah, into greatness or whatever. Yeah. So anyway. Oh, that's a great choice. You're welcome. Phenomenal choice. What if Which Scott? that just enjoyed its God, what would it be now? Yeah. 30th I, or something. But I think you just had posted it on your Facebook yeah, and I was, I was like, like, you better yep. not put this on your list. It was like 30 years ago today. No, no, I did. I changed a few things up, but I, instead, like I said, a lot of these that you've picked would absolutely been on my list, but I had to, and vice versa. I had to pick 10 choices. Oh, there's things I, yeah. So yeah, I mean, instead of tough. this being like your 10 and my 10, this is kind of our 20. Yeah. There's a lot of truth to that. All right. So I think back on me. All right. I mean, this is a throwaway, easy pick, whatever. But in more modern times, Lord of the Rings. I mean, if you're talking about fantasy and inspiration and, you know, the now imagery. Are you going with the uh, modern one or are you going with the animated? You see, that's where you're devious because I own the animated one and I dearly love that. But I'm going to go with the, the current, more modern version because, I mean, come on. Not Rankin Bass? Yeah. If, hey, you know, I own those and I oh, love, yeah, we do too. love those. Absolutely adored those men. Um, the voice work, you know. Uh, yeah, no, those were great. I remember, I guess, I don't even want to say casual fans, but people that really didn't know anything going in and watching the movies and going, mm-hmm. it ends with them running across a field. Yeah. In For the first movie, and they're just like, what the heck? Yeah. But you're like, dude, you don't know where this is going. Yeah. And just... Lord of the Rings itself is the great granddaddy of all inspirations. Because yeah. talking about Ring of Best, where there's a witch, there's a way. Boom. I mean, and that's where it was kind of like, all right, this is the guy who does kitties cartoons. Because I don't think the orcs would have a little, but still, that's I, I'll never forget that, you know. And oh yeah, man. Why would they know what a menu is for the new one, right? <laughs> yeah, they would like looks like menu. meats back on the menu. What's a menu? Like, oops, the writing isn't. But yeah, in the moment, you're like, oh yeah, you didn't even, yeah, yeah. But anyway. I just assumed they had a dining hall. Sure, they did. Of course, yeah. why not? The orcs that were grown in a vat. But, you know, even though they're grown in a vat, I'm sure they have their own, you know, their own way of thinking, and, and you're given the chance. They weren't know. all evil. I know, duh. Even though they were vat-grown by an evil wizard to be special, you know, kill beasts. All right. All right, here's one I'm sure you would have had on your list. Mm-hmm. Seven Samurai. Oh, yeah. Now, that's awesome. Now, I wouldn't think that's so much as fantasy inspiration per se, but, yeah, I mean, that's... One of my all-time favorite movies. I love Seven Samurai. How about Magnificent Seven? Which was, of course, a derivative of that. It was they made it a western here for the the U.S. at the time. But yeah, and it's so a I almost put too. Magnificent Seven. No, really. Yeah, but I switched it over to the Seven Samurai the just OG. because I really like the end of it, mm-hmm. where they're talking about we won. Yeah. No, the peasants won. The right. peasants always win. Yeah. So that, I mean, just for that one line, I like both of those movies, but yeah. just that one line put me back to choosing Seven Samurai. Yeah, I had a roommate that was never home, and he had paid for cable. And one night, for some reason, it's the damnedest thing. I had never even heard of Seven Samurai, which is a shame. 
and I had woke up in the middle of the night. It was the weirdest thing. I just couldn't sleep. And I turned the TV on, and this was on um, AMC or something, whatever, or Bravo. I don't know what it was, but but it was going to be like uninterrupted, which was awesome. And I just started watching it. And next thing you know, and that, it's a long movie. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's like, what, three hours or something. But I sat there on the edge of my seat for three hours, and then finally it was over, and I was like, wow, how have I never heard this or seen this before? So after that, when I first got um, Netflix or whatever, when you originally they would have them send you discs. discs, I put in for, um, I feel terrible, I can't think of his name right now, but Kira Sawa or whatever, the director oh, that right, did right, those right. and all these other great ones, and I had him send of the, the Criterion Collection. Adam sent all those to me, and I devoured them. That guy was an amazing director. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of like what Hidden Fortress was Star Wars and yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, I was thinking, but I wasn't going to mention it. But, yeah, I mean, I watched it and went, oh, yeah, Lucas totally ripped this off. Absolutely. You know, and it's great, you know. But those, I guess, whatever you want to say, universal ideas mm-hmm. were so easily translated over to a different setting. Hey, yeah. let's make this a Western. Let's make this a space fantasy. Oh, sure. So there's no reason you can't put it in your fantasy campaign, something like that, yeah. or put it in your post apoch or your sci-fi or whatever you're playing. All these ideas can translate over. Yeah. You make a great example of that. Any of these are great inspiration and with a little bit of work that could be whatever genre, yeah. you know, and then you've got a party coming together to work together for a common goal. That's that typical. How are we getting everybody together? Oh, you meet in a tavern. Well, maybe there's something like this where it's a cry, a call to action that mm-hmm. they have to get together. Mm-hmm. So, something yeah. to think about there, too. No, that's phenomenal. Back at you. Dune. David Lynch's Dune. Wow. It's weird. It's... He yeah. milks a cat. Yeah. It's weird, because David Lynch is a weird mofo, but I love that Dune, and well, I love I that am, movie. I'm really surprised and offended that you took Dune, because you know how much I like Dune. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So. Like you've read all the books, haven't you? Oh, yeah. See, that's where you and I are, are different. And I'm proud of you that you're a completionist, but <laughs> there's many a series I get about that third season in, and, I, and you're like, how you like it? I'm like, eh, my interest is starting to wane. The writing's getting a little stale. And he goes, yeah, I remember getting stale around that point, but you kept trudging on. And I go, man, like I've read the first Dune book. Those are some it. massive books, they too. They are. And I read it as a, at a very young age when that's like some heavy stuff, you know, mm-hmm. in, the, in the writing. But I... Uh, I devoured it. I enjoyed it. But I tried to read like the Messiah of Dune and just like, I mean, you know, yeah. But I mean, teach Which I really like that one. No, I don't doubt they're they're great books, but I just, but you know what? This is me like as a 13 year old. If I go back as an adult now, I should. I'd be like, oh, this is great, you know. But, um, but yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I know there's been other Dunes made and they're even working Mm -hmm. on one right now. But I mean, I really enjoyed that movie. And what's funny was, everybody, unfortunately, they tried to play it up. It was going to be Star Wars. So people went to see it and were massively disappointed because it's nothing oh, like yeah. Star Wars. But I remember even my friend with me is like, what is this crap? But I was sat there glued and like, this is awesome. I loved it. You know, but I, I'd already read the book and I knew what I'm getting into. And even having read the book, I enjoyed the movie. When I saw the movie the first time, I had never read the book, so I had no idea what I was in for. I was... And a lot of people, I think if you watch the movie first, you would be completely turned off. Yeah, you're like, what is this crap? You know? But I was like, no, this has a lot of cool stuff to it. Yeah. Well, that's one of those things when me and uh, 
Gary get together and bust out little lines from movies like, get out of my mind, you know, kill the child, it's an abomination. I mean, there's some there's some great stuff. All in there. I see is an Atreides that I, I want, want to kill. kill. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and Sting was, you know, a little definitely hammy in his acting. Oh, my God. Like, why? But, oh, well. I don't know. But, I mean, if you did a campaign based off that, oh, yeah. man, how much stuff... And how many ideas could you take from that and incorporate oh, yeah. in, just like the silt suits oh, yeah. or the Bene Gesserit, stuff like oh, that? Yeah, the, the spice itself and what it can do. And, you know, the worm is the spice. The spice is the worm, you know. Fear is the little mind killer. Yeah. Oh, I, I love that Fear's the mind killer, yeah. I quoted that on Facebook, you know. But, yeah, I mean, that's, a, you know, even though people were like, Lynch messed it up, I'm like, Lynch is a weirdo, and he had to have, like you said, milk and a cat and some other weird crap. But he might have been, other people had tried to do that movie and never, I don't know if you knew that, but he wasn't the first oh, yeah. person to ever try to turn it into a movie. He got it done. And even some of his weird stuff, I like it, you know. Yeah. Oh, and I'll give a shout-out to uh, Papa John for turning me on to that back in the day. Oh. I watched the movie at their place, and then I think he had maybe a couple of extra copies of the books that he gave me because I mean, he's also, he's a much bigger fan of it than me. I haven't read the, all the new trilogies that came out. Uh-huh. He's read those. I think uh, didn't Herbert son even's written some stuff. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. He didn't give those a glowing recommendation. So I was like, I don't have to read those. Right. But, oh, but yeah. dude, yeah, really great. Yeah. All right. For me, the next one, I think a lot of people will be like, I can't believe you didn't have this on the list already. The Princess Bride. Oh, yeah. Love that. Who doesn't love that movie? Yeah, that's like people that don't like cheese or something. You know, it's like, you're weird. That's a great. And that's, I would say, Carl Reiner, that's the, I mean, you know, Harry Met Sally, all that stuff's great. But, I mean, that was phenomenal. That was great. I mean, you can build up a tolerance to Icane powder. Yeah, I know. Oh, there's some great stuff in there. But, um, oh, no, that's a classic. That's great. And, you know. Yeah. Fire swamps. Oh, yeah. How much that's come into the pop culture, you know. So, no, excellent pick, sir. Excellent pick. Definitely as well. Almost everything we've mentioned is on the wall at home in the bookshelf where I keep my DVDs. So, well-loved, well-used DVDs. All right. We're into the home stretch now. What do you got? All right. So, um, this one isn't like... Some of these are all iconic or, you know, in pop culture. If you've never somehow seen it, you've heard of it. But there was one of these, like, straight to Redbox B, you know, kind of movies that came out some years ago called Ironclad. And, you know, I've watched a lot of that, those B stuff. There's one that, um, oh, Bean, you know, who dies in every movie did. And, of course, he died in movies like Black Plague or something. Around that time, there was a number of these kind of medieval movies I don't know what I guess because um, uh, uh, Game of Thrones had just had their first season and sparked the imagination so all these companies scrambled to make these B medieval themed movies or I don't know but um, Ironclad I really enjoyed and the thing is um, the story's not the best thing ever the writing's okay but what's wild was for like a B movie it had some phenomenal actors and acting um, it had a, a uh, Purfoy or whatever that had been in uh, Rome as uh, Mark Anthony and he was the main character there was uh, I see I meant to research get these names but I can't think of names but you know what I'm talking about there's the guy that was in Golden Child as the as the demon 
that was also the dad of the Lancaster, the, the Lancasters. Dance, Dancer? I think, yeah, it's his name, yeah. And so he he's in that, and he's a phenomenal actor. There's the guy that played Prince, uh, or King John, and I can't think of that guy's name, but you've seen him in a million things. He's got big chubby cheeks. And like he's in that show right now, Billions or something, and oh, he's been in a lot of stuff. I can't think of his name. But there's a lot of these people, and like Ronnie, I don't think his name is Ronnie Cox, but it's something... But once again, he's the kind of heavyset guy that's been in a million things. Like he was one of the bad guys in uh, Troy. Mm-hmm. And anyway, yeah. But I mean, there's a lot of these people that if you saw them, you go, oh, I know that guy. Yeah, I've seen that guy. Oh, that guy's great. And um, but all these talented actors in there. And as just the real icing on the cake is, um, who, who are doing some great acting, there's some amazing fight scenes. And that's something that, you know, you really don't see well orchestrated medieval fight scenes right but if you if you want to see that sort of thing ironclad has like one scene where purefoy comes up with this this two-handed great sword and literally just chops midway down some guy's shoulder into his chest it's graphic it's well done and you're just like holy crap you know and um the archery and everything you're just and there's a lot of great action you know, it's just, it's a fun, it's a total popcorn movie. It's, yep. You know, it, it didn't win any awards and not surprisingly, but I really enjoy it. Yeah, me too. It's a good one, I think, for that paladin player in your life because you he's go. got to stick to the quest. He's got to stick to his code. Right. And how that affects him, the choices that he makes. A great example of how to properly play mm-hmm. a paladin. Thank you. Yeah. Sweetly. Yeah, and that's definitely, I think, also what, yeah, because his creature has to make some hard choices if he's going to stick to his virtues and everything, you know. All right. I don't know if you assumed this one would be on the list. A lot of mine, I was like, yeah, if I if, if you're thinking about it, you're like, that'll be an obvious choice. I'm going to throw Dracula in here. Uh-huh. We didn't have a lot of horror. They just didn't make the list, but is, I had to put that Francis one in there. Ford? Nope. I'm uh-huh. going all the way back with Bela Lugosi. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Give you that little hand magic there, hypnotize you. Yeah, I do like the more recent one Mm -hmm. with Keanu. Canoe. Oh, he's a vampire. (laughs) Dude, drink my blood, man. I like it, but I was gonna go with the classic for a recommendation, just because that has inspired so many of the tropes, the vampire tropes and stuff like that. Being a big Ravenloft guy like me. Oh yeah, that one's got to be in there. So, classic Dracula for you. Awesome. I always enjoyed the book, the actual book, uh, Dracula by Bram Stoker. What the movie adds in, which you could say this about a lot of movies, is the visuals. There was a lot that wasn't in the book that's now become classically attached to Dracula. Dracula, the movie, was more based off of Dracula the play than it was off of the novel. A lot of the things that Bela Lugosi had put in the play, doing the big cape reveal or wrapping somebody up in your cape, or in the book, Dracula is not a handsome guy. Bela Lugosi put in that noble, regal, powerful vampire. The seductiveness of the vampire. So, just all that, and being the, the guy that created so many of those, what have now become the tropes and cliches, that's why I wanted to put the original on there. Yeah. Time Bandits. Yep, I knew that one was going to be on there. And, you know, that's one that I got to see on my birthday with a bunch of my uh, buddies um, for my birthday party, we all got to go see that movie. And then I don't remember that, but, but I can remember just that blew my mind. And, um, 
I feel bad. He used to be part of the the troop Monty Pythons. He was Terry Gillum, the the one American guy. But Terry Gillum, everything he does is usually so bizarre. Like I remember Brazil was so weird. Mm-hmm. But Tommy Bandits is weird, but it's in a great way. It's a lot of fun. I remember seeing as a kid being around the age of the kid in the actual movie, and that was kind of a whole other layer right there of like, oh wow, you know. But um, it's just a really fun. The guy who played Evil, you know was great. He'd played a villain in how many movies and he was great in that. There's, there's a lot of great stuff. A fun movie. Another one of those quoted lines I mean Gary a lot like, Mom, Dad, don't touch it. It's evil. You know, and they touch it, kaboom, and blow up. You know, and Sean Connery's in that. And of course, I've always been a big Connery fan. It's probably the only way I sat through Zardoz. Yep. But yeah, I love Sean Connery. And he's great in that as Gilgamesh. That gives him a couple of entries in the list here now too. Yeah, it's come to think of it, yeah. That was my last one. All right. The one thing I wanted to say as I was making my list, mm-hmm. how underappreciated is Kurt Russell? Oh, and I love Kurt Russell. Yeah, but if I think if you were making your list or something like that or thinking about your number one action heroes, mm-hmm. that wouldn't be the first one that you went to. Mm-hmm. You might be like, oh, Arnold. But when you start to think about it, Kurt Russell is just, he's like that band that has a ton of hits that you kind of, underappreciate or whatever you want to say. So I was definitely like, oh, I'm going to put this Kurt Russell movie on here. And I was like, well, if I'm putting that, I got to put this. And if I put that, I got to put that. So dear listeners, we all know what he's about to mention, but let's see. That was my 10th is escape from New York. There you can say I called it. So I guess it from what you were saying, your preamble there, but yeah, well, I was going to say if I had yet another one, I might throw in soldier as well for a sci-fi movie. Absolutely. Which that one's not a great classic. No, but it's pretty good inspiration. No, I remember Gary always talked about how great Kurt Russell was and that how much of a great movie it was. And I've seen it and I enjoyed it. Absolutely. But a number one. Yeah. And then uh, I was recently playing Death Stranding, this PS4 game, mm-hmm. which is from the guy that did Metal Gear, mm-hmm. which is completely ripped off of Kurt Russell's character. Mm-hmm. Call me Snake. Yeah. Call, Call me Bliskin. Yeah, I mean, that's just... He's the the coolest dude around. Mm-hmm. And With he an has to patch. gather a party of specialists around him, sort yeah. of. He kills a guy with a throwing star. Come on. Thunk right in the forehead. I mean, oh, that, that is, yeah, that is one of the coolest movies of all time. It's a great Kurt Russell vehicle, again, with John Carpenter, you know. They did some great movies together. Um, and that's just, oh... But I could probably put together a pretty good top ten of just Kurt Russell's. Oh, yeah. Because then you want to run your uh, Wild West game. Oh, yeah. You're going to be... Ask me what my favorite Western is. What's your favorite Western? Yeah, Tombstone. Hello. You know. No! Oh, you Huckleberry. I love that scene where he just just marches up through the water. No! You know, and that's it. Or tell him I'm coming and I'm bringing hell with me. Commence to fighting or get away. Yeah. Pull that smoke wagon or uh, what did he say? Nerve wracking Yeah, yeah, exactly. Said, this yeah, is one of skin, our most quoted movies. Yeah, skin that smoke wagon or you know, yeah. I mean, no, that's that's such a great. And once again, who doesn't love like there's Sam Elliott, you know, Kurt Russell, and then you know the best thing that old uh, what's his name ever did, you know, uh, Doc Holliday. Yeah, 
uh, Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer, yeah. And even my old boy uh, uh, who passed not too long ago, where I say that's probably been years now. Powers but, Booth? No, um, with Power Booth and that. And yeah. I love Powers Booth. He was a great villain, yep. his old Curly Bill. Curly Bill, you know. But no, so much a lot of talent. There's the guy from. I uh, hope you die longer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's, you know, that, that guy, uh, my, my, Michael Bine or whatever. Being. Yeah. Being, yeah. he's in that. He's phenomenal. But I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of the third brother, you know, played by, you love him, um, Bill Pullman. I know Bill. Uh, Paxton. Paxton, thank you. Yeah. Love Paxton. You know, that's one of those unsung. You know, he's been a lot of stuff. And so that'll have great. to hit the list next yeah, time. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. See, so pretty much you, you got your bonus right there. You got Tombstone. It's not so much fantasy but or sci-fi or whatever, but great inspiration still for a Western. Well, and how would, might you be playing a Western game, right? If you're playing the amazing Dark Trails. Yeah. You know. So, but no, I mean, those are all great movies, all great choices. Yeah. I hope you believe so. But if there's anything we left out or one of those that really resonates with you, be sure and sound off. Let yeah, this know. is your homework. What would you add in? What's a movie that really gets you fired up to play some role-playing games or yeah. what inspired a character for you? Yeah. So we hope this will inspire you a little bit like these movies have inspired us. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Last call. That's that's it. That was a good one. All right. End on the high note. Humdinger. Yeah. Uh, I can see we've run out of hit points. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Listen to them. Children of the night. What music they make. That was good.